Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Thursday morning. Trust everybody slept well last night and appreciate you tuning in and uh, to get our day started off right. I again apologize for the fiasco last night uh, with uh, Facebook not wanting to stream out the service and got me all sidetracked and uh, just uh, totally blew last night's message, so I apologize. And uh, it's, it's my fault. I was trying to share the um, uh, music by Crowder at the beginning while you're waiting for it to go live, and uh, stupid Facebook blocked it. And when they did that, it messed up the whole daggone thing. So I apologize sincerely. I hate uh, for all the trouble everybody had uh, last night. So, But anyway, that's who we got watching this morning. We got uh, Jennifer Honeycutt, Tracy Little, Darlene Barker, Mike Hensley, Brandy Boyd Young, Amy Oaks Turner. Appreciate you all for tuning in. And Darlene says uh, uh, prayers for Wendy James and family, grandson Jariah, and daughter Kimberly, please. Yes, ma'am. Most definitely will uh, lift those wonderful people up in prayer my friend so all right at this time let us do our pledge of allegiance if we may i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all you know i'll tell you what guys and gals i don't know how many caught the uh senile lunatic running our country yesterday but i tell you what i never seen anybody i mean it just amazes me with liberals how lying is like breathing i mean it just the lies that just they just act like it's it's i mean you talk about pathological i mean i think they really believe the lies that come out of their mouths it just it's mind-boggling it really is i mean i can't i can't even watch it i'd turn it off i, I get more out of uh, listening to the uh uh, you know, when you go wash your hands in a public restroom, you got that dryer that dries your hands. I get more out of that than what that idiot had to say yesterday. And uh, here he's wanting to send a mask out to every single American when England and other places are saying, hey, there's no need for it. They're not doing any good. And they're, they're not, they're canceling all this mask stuff. But yet this turkey's trying to keep pushing it. Of course, you know, we all know why, because they want to keep this virus thing going because, hey, that's what made him president that's uh they were able to manipulate votes and, and making president and uh uh they, they can continue to use that to manipulate the elections because they're running scared they know they've already said that uh people have had enough of this this far left progressive ideology that's out there and, and people are, are the the percentage of those voting republican are skyrocketing and they're running scared so they're going to do everything they can and I tell you what, the thoughts, it just it absolutely nauseates me to think that they're going to uh, nominate Hillary Clinton to run for president again. I tell you guys and gals, I wish that she'd just go the heck away. I'm so sick of hearing her and seeing her, the thoughts of hearing that screechy voice. Oh, my gosh. The only thing, I, the, the only thing that would make it worthwhile is if she did run again and, and Trump ran again and Trump did beat her. Now, that would be, that would be the ultimate... Uh, <laughs> cherry on the cake but i just i guess they realized they could cheat to get biden in they'll cheat to get her in too but i just i tell you what there's a woman is evil and it just nauseates me to no end but anyway enough of my political ranting for the day take that with it as you will you can agree you can disagree that is your prerogative 
but uh, I have to share my two cents either way. So let's look at our verse this morning. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For by grace you have, you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. All right. I don't know if y'all have noticed or not, but it seems like in the mornings I really have a difficult time reading. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I have brain fog. I've even got my uh, cup of joe this morning and uh, am trying to get myself going because I am it's all I can do to keep my eyes open this morning. You know, uh, I think an important question that people need to ask themselves, if you were to stand before God today and he asked you, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? I think it's an important question that everybody needs to ask themselves from time to time. Uh, you know, there's people out there. Hello, Rusty. There's people out there that if they were standing before God and they said, and God said, why should I let you into heaven? A lot of people are going to say, well, God, I've done good things. I was benevolent. Uh, I went to church. I uh, uh, was you know, always tithed. I, I volunteered. Uh, I worked with kids. But none of that's going to matter. That's not going to amount to a hill of beans. Unless you say, because I believed in your son, Jesus Christ, I understood what his atoning work did on the cross. I understand that he gave his life for me, that he rose again, that I have committed myself to Jesus. I've received him into my heart. Then that's when you're going to get into heaven because you understand, uh, you know, that Set what salvation is, and you've accepted that, you understand that. And I'm not saying there's going to be a, a question and answer test in order to get into heaven, but I'm just saying, that hypothetically, if God was to ask, we know that if we are saved, that we, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and that nothing's going to erase that, we will enter into heaven. So it's not like God's going to give you a, uh, uh, a uh, an essay quiz, and if you don't pass, you're not getting in. It's not like that, all right? I'm just saying, I'm using it as a hypothetical, okay? And, uh, uh, but you need, people need to ask themselves that. If you stood before God, what would you say? You know, um, I don't have a whole lot for Joel Osteen. You all know that. And uh, there was a, he was on an interview with 60 Minutes a few years back. He wrote a book. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It was something like Far Better Life or something like that was the name of the book. Uh, don't hold me to that. You may have to look that up. But anyway, something, something to that effect. And uh, one of the things that even uh, the interviewer, 60 Minutes, said, I noticed you didn't mention God anywhere in this book and he says uh, well i'm just here to help people and I, i've got scripture that backs that up and see that's the reason why i have problems with people like joel osteen and uh, other pastors like him in other words what he's saying is god is nice you're nice so you be nice and that's really what it boils down to just a, a little good uh, feel good kind of uh, message that he puts out there there's too many pastors who are doing that we need conviction. We need conviction of our sins. We need to know that we are in need of a Savior. And we know that if we are in need of a Savior, that if we don't accept that free gift, and then we're going to spend an eternity in hell. There's not a, you know, there's two, there's, there's, there's extremes. There are those pastors out there that's all they want to do is, is scream and preach hellfire and damnation. You know, I, uh, I'll never forget um I was at Tri-City Christian, and uh, is when the, I was at the airport campus. And I remember we went to an assembly, and I can't remember if I was in third grade. I want to say third grade, but I can't remember. 
But uh, they had this guy come in there, and man, he was screaming. It freaked me out, man. I'll be honest with you, because I wasn't used to that. You know, my, you know, uh, obviously my dad's a pastor. The guy was screaming and hollering. He jumped up on the chair, and I mean, acting like a crazy person, man. It, it, it really it, it bothered me. I, to this day, it still kind of bugs me. You know, hey, some people that's what they're into. All right, you know, not my preaching style or my dad's preaching style may not be your cup of tea. There are some people, the only way they can feel like they've been to church, if they've been somewhere where spits flying and handkerchiefs are wiping sweat and screaming has been done. Uh, you know, you got to go where you feel led. I'm not saying you're less of a Christian if that's the kind of uh, church you want to attend. For me, to me, you know, you can't scare somebody into heaven. Uh, to me, the screaming and the shouting is just, to me, it's kind of chaotic. I don't, I don't, God's not a God, a God of chaos. He's a God of peace. And so, you know, I, that's why I have a little, some, some, I've always had trouble with that. But there's some pastors out there, that's all they do is scream and preach hellfire and damnation. They want to scare you into heaven. And then you've got the other extreme, like the Joel Osteens out there, who never, rarely ever mention the cross, never hardly ever mention God. And also all it's about is good, good feelings and uh, uh, thoughts. And uh, everybody's just wonderful. And it's just a big uh, pat on the back uh, uh, pep rally is all it boils down to. And I tell you, I ain't lying to you guys. I, I can point, I almost throw stones at some of the churches just right here near my home. who does that very thing. Everybody goes there and they're all feel good when they go home. And it's just wonderful. Well, it's not saying that you can't have a, a, a good feeling from coming from church. I'm not saying that at all. But when there's no conviction, you know, it, it is to, to you know, it should make the comfortable uncomfortable and the uncomfortable comfortable. Does that make sense? I hope that it does. But it is uh, a point that when you're at church, uh, hopefully you are engaged. You are listening to what God is trying to use that individual to say to you. And there may be things in there that steps on your toes. I'll be honest with you, 99.9% .9 of the time whenever they're preaching, I'm, it's stuff I'm dealing with. And uh, it's, it's, <laughs> like Dad always says, it just stepped on my toes long before it ever got to you. But it is um, uh, the fact that we need to make sure that we are convicted of those sins. We, we, there is evidence of change that, that needs to be changed in our lives. For those who are not saved, they need to understand that they are in need of a Savior. They are in need of Jesus Christ. And they, are, they need to be saved. And if they're not saved, they're going to spend eternity in hell. People need to understand this. This, this time of, uh, you know, I've never understood the sugarcoating kind of thing. Well, I understand it to a point because I know what they're doing. They want a fanny in the seat. Uh, there was a local church here uh, back when I was a kid who handed out, if you come forward and got saved, they give you coupons to go to McDonald's or uh, Burger King, give you free food. That That's not real salvation, all right? It, it should be something that you understand in your heart. Remember, this is not, when the Holy Spirit touches your hearts and minds and you come to know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, that is not something you did on your own, all right? You know, there is uh, theological terms out there like synergism monergism uh different things that you know that want to allude to the fact that you have some part in choosing uh your your salvation or that because god knows uh everything the fact that uh, uh, he knew that you were going to choose him so that's how you got saved no god predestined us he for had a foreknowledge he chose you before you were ever born to be one of his elect and when he touches your heart and mind, now who the elect are, we don't know. Again, that's why we minister and we witness. We don't know who the elect are. 
And people argue that. Well, that's not fair. Hey, God didn't have to choose anybody. God didn't have to send his only son to save us, period. He could have just left us to our own vile, evil ways and every one of us spent an eternity in hell. But at least he chose to, to, to at least he decided to choose some. And that faith that is not of our own, that's what sets in. We have that baptism of the Holy Spirit. When we come to know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, it's immediate. It's, it's that parakletos, the helper that uh, descended when Christ ascended into heaven that helps us. And it's that free gift of God. You had nothing to do with it. You know, that's why people want to go back and say you have to be baptized to be saved. That's not true either. That's a works-based faith. There's nothing you can do to earn that. That's why we have here in God's Word, it says, is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. All right, because if you and I both know, because the high mightiness, the haughtiness, the pride-filled people we are, if we had some something to do with our salvation, Everyone wants to be like, well, well, you're not as good as I am. I am. Mean, you look. I had to do uh, A, B, and C, and that's how I got saved. And so uh, you're beneath me. You know, it's not like a a Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim kind of thing where you have uh, the different pillars or different levels of enlightenment or whatever it may be that you have to attain before you can be good enough to enter into their version of heaven. When Christ gives you a free gift, a free gift of salvation, no strings attached, it is a free gift. There's nothing you can do to earn it. That's why God's grace is wonderful and sufficient and beautiful because no matter how many times we screw up, his grace is poured down upon us and he forgives us and he loves us and he never gives up on us. And it's, it's a wonderful and beautiful thing. But the world, see, you know, we live in this, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, this world of cancel culture where you can't say anything that hurts anybody's feelings. You know, if you say anything that hurts anybody's feelings, then they are, uh, you automatically shut down. They want to shut you up and they want to get rid of you. Uh, you know, just like I was reading the other day, came up on my Google News, uh, was uh, uh, Steve Harvey. He's got this new show where he's uh, like a judge and uh, said that he had got called in. He got in trouble. He got called in. Uh, to the producers, directors, writers, whatever, uh, because he called someone stupid. Uh, they said that that's not politically correct and he can't do that. And he said, you know, and, and if, you, if you see the context of what he was doing, it was really funny. He was just making a joke. He wasn't literally saying, you're a stupid, horrible individual. He was making a joke. And that's what he said. He said, comedy is dead. You can no longer have comedy. You can't say anything that's funny anymore because of this cancel culture. Nobody wants to get their little feelings hurt. You got the little snowflakes out there crying if you say something that hurts their little feelings. See, that's the problem with too many Christians and too many pastors. They're too worried about hurting somebody else's feelings, so they cower back, they water down God's word, and they will not preach with conviction because they don't want to hurt somebody's little feelings because they don't want you know, they're afraid to lose a fanny in a pew. I don't care about your feelings, all right? And I don't want to purposely hurt anybody, all right? I don't want to be a jerk. I don't want to be mean. I want to speak the truth in love. I want to do things that draw you to Jesus, not repel you from Jesus. So it's not my intent to purposely hurt you. But the fact is, I have to speak the truth. I have to give a double account. You understand that. As a pastor, I have to give a double account to what I put out there. And I, I have to preach with all conviction. And I want to be used humbly uh, before God Almighty to be used to help you grow as Christians, to bring the lost to, to come to know Jesus Christ. And I do you a disservice if I don't tell you everything that God's Word tells you. It tells us. And, you know, and sometimes there are hard truths out there that is hard to swallow, but it has to be said. And, you know, to sugarcoat and to pamper and to baby people, you're just pampering a baby and right into hell. 
Because I have to tell you people, hell is real, heaven is real, and you need Jesus Christ. You need saving. You know, it would be like somebody out here drowning, and, uh, and uh, instead of throwing them a, a life raft uh, to save their lives, say, oh, you're doing good. You, you keep on swimming. You're a wonderful person. Look at you go. You keep swimming. Now, you, you can do it, all right? And, and uh, I'm right here. I'm watching you. Well, that guy, guy's going to drown, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ is that lifeline. Jesus Christ is the person that can save that individual from eternal damnation. And that's why we need to preach wholeheartedly the full gospel of Jesus Christ. God is real. Jesus is real. Despite what the world may say to the contrary, they, God does exist. Jesus Christ walked this earth, and Jesus Christ does exist. And he gave his life for you. And it is that free gift of salvation. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, that, it, that not a result of works, so that no one can boast. That free gift of salvation. So sad that so many turn that away. You know, uh, it, it amazes me. It, you know, I've, I've used this illustration before. Just be like, you know, uh, Rusty's watching on here. And, uh, and I walked up to Rusty and I said, here are the keys to a brand new, I don't know, uh, motorcycle, Harley Davidson motorcycle. And uh, it's yours to keep. And he says, no, I don't believe that's real. Like, right here's the bike. You can see it. It's here's the keys, here's the title, it's yours. No, don't uh, I don't believe that that's real. Um, you know, I just I don't I'm not going to take what you're offering. Uh, I've got no need for nothing like that. And you're like, dude, <laughs> you know, here, it's a free gift. It doesn't cost you anything. Nah, I'm good. I mean, that's really what basically what it boils down to when you offer somebody salvation. Nah, I'm good. I, you know, hell's not going to be that bad. I want to drink a beer and hang out with my buddies. That's kind of the mentality that a lot of people have. I mean, I've seen it on Facebook. I mean, I've literally seen it on Facebook. People are talking about, uh, think it's a big joke. Say, yeah, I'll be in hell with my buddies partying. <laughs> it's not going to be a party, people. It's going to be gnashing of teeth and wailing and eternal burning. I mean, it, the, the absence of God is hell. I mean, it is, you know, there's no way to describe how horrible in a situation that's going to be for all of eternity. And here, we're as Christians trying to offer you a free gift, a free gift to eternal peace, a free gift of salvation, a free gift of Jesus Christ. So, my friends, if you are watching and you know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, it is your responsibility to continue to grow, to learn, to pray, to read, to witness, to go out and tell others to the highways and the byways about the love of Jesus Christ. You have a responsibility as Christians uh, to not be stagnant, to be on fire, to not be like the Church of Laodicea and be lukewarm. You have a responsibility to get out there and grow in the nurtured admonition of the Lord and really be excited about the things of Jesus Christ. If you're watching this and you're not saved, you need Jesus. You need Christ today. Otherwise, you will. You don't ever know. That's why I end each session with you. This could be your last day, because you never know. And so you need to make sure your heart is secure. Just because you go to church, because your daddy went to church, your granddaddy went to church, hey, they may even built a church, doesn't make you saved. Until you confess your sins and accept Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, only then will you be saved. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for 
giving your life on the cross. Thank you for raising again. Help us, Lord, to be eternally sold out to you, to serve you with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being. Let's be excited for you. Let us be on fire for you. Lord Jesus, help us every day to grow, to, to die of the self, and to be more Christ-centered each and with everything that we do. And Lord, for someone watching or listening this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you'll be with uh, Wendy James and, and her family with, uh, with, as we're dealing with this loss. Lord, I pray that you'll be with Darlene's uh, grandkids and uh, daughter. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'll be with uh, uh, Fran Pear and her unspoken concerns, Samantha McPeak. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll be with so many who are battling or dealing with COVID-related symptoms. Uh, those uh, that are dealing with cancer, that you bring healing upon them. Be with Ginger Hood. I pray that you be with Troy and uh, Larry and Dinah Knight and so many others, Lord. Lord, be with our kids as they're going to school, at work. You'll keep them safe and well. Be with all my brothers and sisters of Christ watching this morning. Keep them safe as they're going out and about. Lord, we thank you. We love you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this morning, and uh, appreciate you tuning in. And uh, hello, Kelly and Philip. I appreciate you all tuning in. So anyway, hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching, and God bless.